Well, no matter how this season ends up, that result at Boulder, I think, is going to be looked at the one that really got away for Stanford football in 2019. We're going to spend the bulk of our time talking about that game with a little bit of an eye towards what we could possibly see this Saturday. It's part of the latest episode of the TreeCast with Troy Clarity, Wednesday, November 13th, 2019. Thank you so much for being here with us. I'm in Detroit Clarity. Hi, how you doing? Great to have you back uh, for another edition of the show. Certainly glad that you could be here. Uh, we're going to spend, as mentioned, the bulk of the time looking back at Saturday and the result uh, in Boulder, a 16-13 win for Colorado over Stanford. You're going to hear a lot from David Shaw as he held his weekly press conference uh, late Tuesday morning. Of course, the, the TreeCast was there, and we'll bring you all the pertinent audio and breakdown and commentary from that. You'll also hear a little bit from Foster Sorrell a little bit um, as we go, too. So that's what we've got on tap for you on the TreeCast for today. A couple of quick reminders, Troy Clarity. You can follow me at Troy Clarity on Twitter. Last name is spelled C-L-A-R-D-Y, at Troy Clarity. You got thoughts on the show, on Stanford football, always welcome them as well. Uh, hashtag TreeCast. Hashtag TreeCast. My 27th year of following Stanford football and also uh, juggling uh, Pac-12 Network play-by-play. It was fun to do uh, the soccer doubleheader in uh, Corvallis last week and then come back and also do the uh, Stanford men's soccer versus Washington up in Seattle as uh, that championship race continues into the final week of the men's soccer regular season. So that should be a lot of fun uh, as that uh, season wraps up. How will the Stanford football season wrap up? Well, right now, we don't know. But I do know this. Of all of the games in this final four-game stretch, that was the one to get, the one at Colorado. It was a road game against an opponent that had lost five in a row that hadn't really looked very impressive in doing so, had allowed 30-plus points to all of its opponents coming into that game that season, and they even got a 77-degree day in Boulder in November. Stanford couldn't take advantage of any of that. Took the lead eventually on a beautiful strike from uh, K.J. Costello to Simi Fajoko, 79 yards, putting Stanford ahead 13-10 to early in the fourth quarter. But that's where the game really started to change as Stanford ran just three plays after that uh, touchdown and Colorado dominated the rest of the way, got the game-tying field goal and then the game-winning field goal with no time on the clock, sending Stanford to now 4-5 and five on the season. Let's get you the three things you need to know about Stanford football right now. Kind of straddling the line between what happened in Boulder and a little bit of a look ahead towards Pullman as Stanford heads to Washington State this week. So three things, starting with number And as usual, we have to break down injuries for the Stanford Cardinal. And, um, well, if there's ever a position unit that you cannot afford to not have all all hands on deck for, when you're facing the Washington State Cougars, it's your secondary. Unfortunately, Stanford will not have all hands on deck in its secondary when they head up to Pullman this weekend. David Shaw with the details from his Tuesday press conference. Paulson Debo was able to finish the game, um, but uh, will most likely be out for a few weeks as well. Um, We'll see if he can make it back before the end of the year. Uh, Malik Antoine also was not able to finish the game. And... Uh, he's 
maybe this week, uh, but I would probably say doubtful right now. Um, both those guys, of course, will be uh, conservative if they can get back and play at full strength. They're great. If not, um, we'll try to take care of make sure they get back uh, healthy. Oof. Paulson Debo likely out. Malik Antoine uh, doubtful as well. Oh, man. <laughs> This is not the time, and the Cougs ain't the opponent, to not have all of your secondary personnel available. Already a tough matchup for Stanford, and it may have just gotten even a bit more difficult. Obviously, we'll talk a bit more about Washington State in our next TreeCast uh, coming up later on in the week. But, uh, ooh, yeah, uh, my mood dropped a little bit when I heard that news on Tuesday morning. Let's get to number two. Oh, by the way, KJ Costello is hurt again, too. <laughs> There's some quarterback uh, problems uh, as far as uh, health is concerned coming into this one as well. David Shaw with those details. KJ Costello, uh, Mike, like uh, like uh, like Paulson, kind of pushed through, was able to finish the game. Um, he's back to questionable this week. Um, didn't practice yesterday, won't practice today, and we'll see where he is tomorrow. Um, probably make a decision uh, before Friday, most likely, on whether or not he can go. Um, thankfully, Davis is back and healthy and participating. Uh, practice last week, practice last night, he'll practice today. Um, so if, if KJ can't go, then Davis should be ready to go. And I want to talk more about KJ's performance as the game went along, specifically one play in particular where I knew that things weren't quite right. I want to get to that a bit later on in the show. The good news is that Davis Mills, healthy, participating in practice. So in the, at this point, I would say relatively likely event that KJ can't go, Davis Mills um, should be okay and ready to go. Now, how effective will he be? Who knows? Will he look as good as he did uh, the last time that we saw him against Washington? And will he last the entire game? We'll find out. I have a feeling we're going to find out on Saturday up in Pullman. We finish up our three things with number three. How about some good injury news? Besides the fact that Curtis Robinson, inside linebacker, might be back for, for Stanford this week. That'll help. But the offensive line, which was just a pillar of chaos from a personnel standpoint, the first few weeks of the season, starting with Walker Little, Probably the one guy who who Stanford could not afford to lose uh, going down to injury in, in week one against Northwestern and, and things just really uh, devolving from there. But but looky here, Stanford has had the same starting offensive line for three weeks now. Walter Rouse at left tackle, Barrett Miller at left guard, Chris Dahlman at center, Jay Cornerbrook at right guard, and Foster Sorrell at right tackle. Oh, by the way, that's the first time Stanford has had the same starting offensive line for three consecutive games in two years. That explains a few things, doesn't it? But good to see the same guys rolling on the offensive line for Stanford three weeks in a row. Uh, there are people much more happy about that development than I am. Check out Foster Sorrell and, and his reaction and what starting the same guys three weeks in a row for the first time in two years finally means to an, an offensive line that's been besieged by injuries. It's definitely gotten better as we've progressed, uh, learning like like for me, I, I was with Henry all year and, and we have a really close bond and, and get along very well. 
Um, and then Jake became kind of the new guy once Henry got uh, hurt. And so just kind of getting to understand Jake more and us trying to get on the same level and kind of understand each other's tendencies and how we see things. And, and it's gotten a lot better. I feel really comfortable with having uh, Jake next to me and having Barrett and Walter on the other side. And um, I really have no complaints about it right now. I mean, the game of football is hard playing against other guys who are scholarshiped and who are picked to go to those schools. And so, I mean, it's not going to be perfect, but I feel like what we got right now is done a good job. That's Foster Sorrell. And, and, and really, when, when David Shaw was asked about bright spots, guys who played very well during the course of the Colorado game, uh, Shaw didn't really hesitate. He said Drew Dahlman played the best game of his career and called his performance absolutely awesome. So high kudos for David Shaw on on uh, Drew Dahlman and also on Foster Sorrell as well. So offensive line, even though it had some issues, we'll talk about that as we go along in the show. Offensive line and continuity, something that that offensive, that the position unit rather has been searching for desperately for years, hopefully seems to be coming into play here. First time in two years that Stanford has had the same starting offensive line in three straight games. And more importantly, they finished the game too. That's even more important than starting games. Can they have the same offensive line finish games as well? Those are three things. And look, that was a tough, that was a team loss overall uh, by Stanford against Colorado. People want to point fingers at the offense. Trust me, we'll talk about them. Uh, people want to point fingers at the defense. People want to point fingers at the coaching, as is, is always the want of some folks out there who, who are Stanford football fans. But this was a team loss all the way around. And it came down to the fourth quarter. A fourth quarter that started, second play of the fourth quarter, actually, with that touchdown pass from K.J. Costello on third and long, hitting Simi Fajoko over the middle, and Simi breaking away for a 79-yard score. Stanford up 13-10 to after, after that touchdown, but they couldn't hold on. David Shaw reflecting on his during his Tuesday press conference on those fateful 15 minutes. Biggest thing for me, you get to the fourth quarter and you have a lead, you got to put it away. And we had a chance offensively, we didn't get it done. We had a chance special teams-wise with a field goal in the second half, we didn't get it done. Um, and we had a chance on defense, um, both with the lead in the fourth quarter, we, they went down and scored, and then with the tie game um, to try to get a stop, and we, we couldn't get a stop. Um, had multiple third downs, had a fourth, fourth down opportunity. So it, it's a combination of those things where you look at the plays that we do well, and you see we're capable. Regardless of the injuries, regardless of who's not out there, you see the guys on the field are capable. Um, but it's now about being consistent and always doing it right every single play. Um, and most importantly, when it matters, which is third down, fourth down, and any time in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and, and, and what's always going to stick with me about this game is what happened defensively with Stanford. Great moments, good moments, individually. Uh, he had some monster tackles for loss. There were times in the first half where Stanford was just swallowing up Colorado's offensive line and getting big-time tackles for loss. Michael Williams with one off the top of my head. Tomas Schopper with nice plays as well. And Stanford only giving up 16 points. 
No Colorado touchdowns after the Buffs' opening drive. And, and J.J. Parsons, a marvelous interception in the first half. Certainly some high points for Stanford defensively and in some ways their best performance of any road game so far this year. And the folks who look at box scores and glean everything they need to know about a game and a team would say, wow, Stanford's defense played well against Colorado. Just like those same folks would have looked at Stanford's box score against Arizona and said, wow, Stanford's defense was terrible against the Wildcats. But just like Arizona, the moments of truth for the card defense came in that fourth quarter. Against the Wildcats, Stanford passed those tests. They passed them. Really want to stretch it back a little bit uh, to the big play that Thomas Booker had, forcing the fumble that eventually uh, Arizona fell on to force a big-time loss, got him out of field goal range, a 24-yard loss, and Arizona really never recovered from that. That game was actually late in the third quarter. So you want to stretch it back to, like, the final 20 minutes of that game? Stanford's defense did what it needed to do against the Wildcats. Against the Buffaloes, well, in the fourth quarter, Colorado went two for two on fourth down. Two for two. Stanford had a face mask penalty on Paulson Adebo on the game-tying field goal drive and defensive pass interference on the game-winning field goal drive. That's only the fourth defensive pass interference against Stanford all year, by the way. I find that incredible. Colorado ran 27 plays in the fourth quarter. 27. Stanford ran five. Earlier in the game, Colorado also converted on 3rd and 14 and 3rd and 16. But Stanford just could not get off the field when it absolutely mattered the most. Key play, tie game, 4th and 1, ball at the Stanford 34, Colorado with the ball and going for it. They call the jet sweep to Buffs receiver and really a fantastic football player, LaVisca Chenault. Was well defended, well defended. Stuart Head was there. But Chanel bowled overhead and got the first down, picked up the five yards on fourth and one, and that set the stage uh, for the game-winning field goal. No time left on the clock. Stuart Head was part of Tuesday's media festivities at Ariaga Family Sports Center. He was kind enough to take us through that play as he remembered it back on Saturday. That fourth and one against Colorado... Uh, pretty much we were in a zero coverage man. Uh, I was down on the tight end. I knew the ball was going to go to number two. They're big, strong receivers. They're go-to guy. Uh, they ran fast sweep my way. I played outside, came in my gap. If I could do it over again, I'd probably knife, maybe, maybe shoot the gap quicker, take out his legs. Uh, I don't know. I'd it's just a poor tackling effort for me overall in the Colorado game, and I have to be better this Saturday. But I think uh, we had the right intent, right effort. Uh, just execution wasn't there, obviously. Yeah, that, that was the killer. That was the killer. And that's what I'll remember about this game, the fact that the Stanford defense could not get off the field. The offense struggled. Don't worry. We'll talk about them in a moment. We'll get to that. I can hear some of you sharpening your knives already. But that was my biggest takeaway. When you commit penalties defensively, 
and you can't get off the field with the game on the line, you're going to lose. You are going to lose. Almost guaranteed. And that's what happened to Stanford at Colorado in Boulder. All right, let's get back to K.J. Costello and his afternoon. 18-29, 245 yards with a touchdown and an interception. Uh, As you heard earlier in the show, K.J. re-injured his hand, it seemed, during the Colorado game. He He took some pretty wicked hits in the first half. Hits that he, quite honestly, did not take against Arizona a couple of weeks ago. But K.J. re-injured himself, and here is how David Shaw told us how that process went and how he thought K.J.'s day went overall as he tried to fight through the injury. Took a big hit and um, got on the sidelines, said, hey, I can throw. I'm okay. Um, Threw it well. Um, Maybe one or two... It wasn't drastic. I thought in the Oregon game, I thought I thought you could kind of tell um, something was bothering him. Um, I mean, he came back and threw a strike to Simi Fajoko in the fourth quarter. Um, it's a big-time throw. And so it didn't present itself, but one of those things when the adrenaline wears off and, uh, you know, you get a chance to, to reassess and um, – and then you go back and look at the film and say, okay, that was a, that was a hell of a hit he took. And uh, I commend him for fighting through, and um, we'll see if he's able to go this week. That's David Shaw. And, and there, was, there was one throw that, that told me that KJ wasn't right. David Shaw said it wasn't noticeable. But I certainly think on, on one key play that it was very noticeable that something wasn't quite right with Costello. Let me take you back to early in the second half. Stanford down 10-6, opening drive of the third quarter. Cardinal with second and five from the Colorado 16. And K.J. throws an out route to his left to Connor Weddington. Weddington was open, would have made the catch, would have been able to get the first down. And maybe an outside chance if he'd beaten his man to score. Who knows? Who knows? But certainly would have been at the very least first and goal for the Cardinal. K.J. bounced it. K.J. bounced the throw. An out route to the left. A quick out. Not, 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 not a deep 15-yard out. The, the power throw in football. No, just a quick little five-yard out. To the left side. And it didn't have a chance. Once it left his hand, you knew it wasn't going to make it to Weddington. And it didn't. A healthy K.J. Costello makes that throw. Doesn't bounce that one. Could have been first and goal for Stanford. Instead, Ryan Sanborn missed a 32-yarder two plays later. And that preserved Colorado's lead at that point to 10-6 in the third quarter. But... That's what told me that K.J. was not 100%. Maybe he wasn't even 100% against Arizona a couple weeks ago. And maybe he won't be 100% until he gets a chance to completely rest up and heal up and maybe get tightened up a little bit uh, during the upcoming offseason. I suspect that might be the case. That's complete speculation on my part. But that's what told me that, ooh, I don't know about this. And... Really, you can chalk that play up 
among a bunch of others, a collection of others in which it was just that kind of day for the offense where Stanford got in the Colorado 40-yard line five times. Five times they reached the Colorado 40 and surpassed it. They only had six points to show for it in those instances on those five drives. Six points, that's it. But they were a lot closer to getting more points on so many other instances. How close? David Shaw tells us. It's the game of inches. Um, mentioned it, Simifoko back of the end zone. I mean, just barely. Um, what do you do differently? He's puts his foot down four inches to the left. He's in. Uh, that's where we've been in the red zone to where we had a lot of red zone touchdowns last year, and J.J. did a great job. Um, but we've also missed Colby five times during the year. He's got one touchdown. We probably missed him five other times. Could have anywhere from four to six more touchdowns. As much as anything throughout the year, which I've gone back. I mean, I watch every game probably five times um, before we play the next one. And I go back at times and watch, say, what are we doing well? What do we need to keep working on? And as I continue to go back and look at everything that we've done, um, that's, that's the hard part is that they're just we're close, and, but we don't hit it. Um, so through the course of the year, way too many field goals. Um, I believe we have an offense that should not be scoring as, as few as, as we do. Um, are there times where protection is an issue? Absolutely. Grown a ton up front, and we're much better in protection than we were probably three games ago. Um, but those still two or three plays that are, that are tough. Um, and those, those games of inches, um, inches on the sidelines, inches in the back of the end zone, um, just barely overshooting a play, um, getting a better release. Uh, those are things that we have to, we have to improve on for us to be better than how we've been. Yeah, a couple of missed throws to Parkinson uh, in the red zone and in the end zone. Uh, Fajoko uh, with the catch that he made that was initially called a touchdown but correctly ruled out of bounds and incomplete. Stanford is, Stanford's been close. Stanford's been close. But when you're on the road, close isn't good enough for the most part. And that's why it's been frustrating to watch uh, this, this develop as it has throughout much of the season. It's right there, an inch here, a couple of inches there. Better protection here. Something else there. Stanford's been close, but, you know, you see the, the margin for error in which Stanford had been on the right side of that margin for, for really the better part of a decade now. Now, they, this year, they for the most part, they just haven't been able to be on the right side of that margin. But it was that kind of day for the offense, that kind of day. And that put Stanford at 4-5 and five on the year with three games to go at Washington State, Cal at home. Hey, we know what time big game kickoff is going to be the week before the actual game. 1.30. Okay, I like it. And Notre Dame at home to finish out the year. So with the path to a ball game getting more and more narrow by the week, it seems, for Stanford, what's David Shaw looking for for the remaining three weeks of the season? Here were his thoughts. I, I don't change, ever change what I'm looking for. 
effort and execution. Um, you know, uh, I say it different ways. Um, you know, we call it passion. Um, we call it love of the game. We call it effort. That's just that's our bare minimum. Um, and then the execution part of it. Um, guys going out there doing their jobs and doing it well. Uh, and then when it's time to make the plays, we got to make the plays. Uh, we have the capabilities. There's no question about that. Yep, they're capable. They're capable. Stanford is, has proven that they are, are, are capable of playing better than they have, but for many reasons, not just one, many reasons, that all just kind of get thrown into the pot and get cooked up and, 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 and just brought up to a, to a boil, it, it just hasn't gone Stanford's way this season. And really, you know, the coaching staff, you know, that, that's all they can do right now is just say, hey, we got to go back to work, give me effort and execution, and we can take the rest from there. They're not gonna, they're not gonna reinvent the wheel with three weeks to go in the regular season. They're not gonna panic. You, that, that's just not what this coaching staff does. You should know that by now. The best thing they can do is to be as even keeled as they have been, and to say, hey, look, these are the good things that that have happened here. These are the not so good things. Let's focus on the positives and go from there, and try to win. The final three weeks of the regular season and get it done. Seven and five. That's the best case scenario for Stanford right now. Let's go stock up, stock down. Uh, stock up our unofficial game ball, I guess, in a sense. And stock down our point of improvement, perhaps, for Stanford. Since we're still talking about the Colorado game, let's go stock up. Simi Fajoko has become more and more of a weapon, it seems, um, over the weeks. It, it, it's good to see. And, you know, yes, he was a heels length away from, from having two touchdown catches on the afternoon. But, man, you, you saw pretty much the full array of skills from Fajoko on that 79-yard touchdown grab. Most importantly, did you see the speed? Did you see him break away from the Buffaloes and just leave them in the dust? Ooh, I haven't seen that from a Stanford receiver in a long, long time. I'm trying to think off the top of my head of when, and I can't. It's been a while. It's been a while. But Simi Fajoko with big catches against Arizona and big catches again against Colorado. He is stock up for this episode of the TreeCast. What goes up must come down. Let's go stock down. Inside linebackers uh, for Stanford, I thought, really took a step back, especially in the first half. And, look, they were down Curtis Robinson, who, who I, 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 thought, I thought at times had really had a sideline-to-sideline side presence uh, in some games earlier this season and was developing um, um, into that. I thought that was certainly missed against Colorado, they, especially in the first half where Colorado was just really beating Stanford on misdirection. And Andrew Pritz, Ryan Beecher, the two starting linebackers, we saw a lot of Kristen Sinclair. Sinclair made a couple of nice plays down the stretch. But at the start, the inside linebackers, super susceptible to misdirection and just could not get there in time to make tackles and, and prevent small plays from becoming slightly bigger ones. So, stock down on the inside linebackers from last week. It should help a little bit that 
that Curtis Robinson looks to be pointed towards making his return against Washington State. Then again, Washington State isn't exactly a team that that you have to worry about with running the ball and misdirection and things like that. So how, how much of an impact is Curtis going to have in this game? Don't know. Don't know. But still, um, something to, to keep in mind uh, going forward and uh, hopefully for Stanford to improve on in the final three weeks of the regular season. So stock up Simi Fajoko, stock down the inside linebackers for the Cardinal. As always, I welcome your thoughts, Stanford football, or on the show as well. Subscribe, rate, and review. I always appreciate that. Thank you so much for the uh, terrific uh, reviews and the honest reviews. It seems I don't I don't know any of these people who have <laughs> who've rated and reviewed the show and said and said positive things. I certainly appreciate those of you who have done just that. Follow me on Twitter at Troy Clarity, at Troy Clarity, and you want to have a conversation on Stanford football? I always welcome it. Hashtag TreeCast. Hashtag TreeCast. Also on Twitter. Next TreeCast will come your way on Friday as we will do a complete look ahead to what we could possibly see on Saturday in Pullman, where it will not be 77 degrees on game day. Last I checked, uh, highs in the upper 40s with uh, some rain in the forecast for the Palouse. So Stanford versus Washington State, and uh, we are scheduled to catch up with Stanford defensive coordinator, I'm sorry, the Willie Shaw Director of Defense, Lance Anderson, our, our weekly chat with uh, Lance Anderson scheduled to happen um, for the next TreeCast, which will likely come your way on Friday morning. Until then, don't drink and drive. If you do, you're the dumbest person on the planet. We'll talk to you next time around. Thanks for checking us out. This has been the TreeCast with Troy Clare. <laughs>